The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get the chance to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders on the planet. On today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Sumit Mira, who is the Chief Operating Officer of Willis Towers Watson's Global Captive Practice. Welcome to the show, Sumit. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you join us today. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be really interested to hear about your story and the work that you're doing there at Willis. Before we start on that, though, if you wouldn't mind just giving our listeners a little bit more of a background into your insurance career and some of the roles that you've had. Sure, Nick. Well, I I started, um, I I did my undergrad, my bachelor's in economics honours, and just straight after university went on to working with uh, with a niche boutique advisory firm, where where my focus was in providing market entry strategy advice to my clients. I had a great time with them, um, really, really enjoyed uh, advising uh, corporates but then thought I would want to learn a bit more about how businesses are run. So I went back to books and uh, uh, left my job and went to pursue a two-year uh, master's in, in postgraduate program in management and uh, you know, honed my understanding of business there. And then I was uh, fortunate enough to, to get an offer from DHL, uh, which is one of the world's leading logistics uh, firms. And I, I spent uh, a uh, some of my career with them in uh, looking at the supply chain business. I, in fact, was one of the initial team members who helped set up the supply chain business in India for, for DHL. Had a fantastic time, learned a lot, but then thought, uh, how do I learn more about running larger global businesses? How do I help solve complex business problems? And you know, how do I understand uh, different frameworks that I could use in my job? So decided to leave my DHL job and went back to books again, uh, which is when I... Um, thought of pursuing an MBA and um, could not think of a better place than London Business School uh, because I wanted to hone my uh, you know, knowledge in finance and strategy and understand new frameworks and tools. So did that. And Willis Towers Watson, at that time Willis, came to uh, our business school uh, for a presentation. They were looking for uh, recruiting uh, an intern for a summer program. And uh, I had never worked in insurance in the past, was excited to hear what the company does, and certainly not in insurance advisory side. So I thought I'll, I'll spend some time there. And I did a three-month stint as part of my curriculum and loved it, uh, really enjoyed uh, the team there. And uh, they enjoyed my work. Uh, they liked my work. They made me a full-time offer. And I went back, completed my, my MBA and, and joined Willis full-time. Yeah. Fantastic. So I've been with them then 13 years now. <laughs> 13, 13 years later, you're now the Chief Operating Officer of the Global Captive Practice. That's been a fantastic journey that you've had there. Yes, that's correct. I, I was, uh, I'd been uh, fortunate that in the last 13 years of my uh, working with Willis Stars Watson, I've done varied roles. Started from um, strategy uh, and then moved into finance, spent a lot of time in, in, in doing finance, running finance function for our global risk analytics practice and then uh, for last couple of years more than a couple of years now i've been uh, spending a lot of time in running operations for our global capital practice Uh, i'm thoroughly enjoying it fantastic and how's it going 
at the moment and particularly over the last six months or so during this COVID period? It, it's, it's been testing times for uh, everybody on a personal and a professional uh, level both. Uh, from a business standpoint, I, I think it's, it's uh, for captive insurance business, it's, 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 a, it's a good opportunity for us to um, help our clients get more value out of uh, setting up their captives. Yeah. The insurance market is um, hardening which opens doors for uh, exploring further how a captive setup can help mitigate uh, some of the costs that come along with managing risks, getting better clarity on on your risk strategies, quantifying them a lot easily. So it's it's exciting for us. Uh, we see a lot of traction in the market, and we also see that you know this will help us get a get put into the door to have initial conversations with large corporates or even small to mid-sized corporates who've not yet set up a captive themselves. Great. So although the insurance market's hardening, in actual fact, due to those conditions, that actually gives you an opportunity. They're looking at different companies and global companies are looking at different ways of managing their their risk management and their strategy. Then that, that opens up opportunities for you. Yes, yes, it does, uh, and and it, it's it's also because you know um, uh, in in a hardening market when you are trying to place a risk, uh, it becomes some sometimes more expensive to uh, yeah. to to place that risk, and uh, sometimes you don't get the cover. Even if if you want to pay for it, you don't get the mm. coverage. Uh, that is where uh, captives could help you know uh, answer those those problems and provide solutions, which which help better better control of can um, come along in using captives particularly in, in hardening market. Great. Thank, thank you so much. And I think it's just always really good to get a good understanding into you, into your background before we go ahead with the main body of the interview. And before we start that, can I also ask you, as we're in the insurance coffee house today, what, what is your coffee of choice in the morning? I, I, I like to have uh, black Americano or, or you know, just black coffee uh, without any sugar. That's exactly the one that you're having with me. <laughs> Yeah, so my day starts um, with a strong coffee, which is usually without milk, without sugar. And I, I'm not a very big coffee drinker, so I have maybe two cups a day. So one in the very morning, one, one when the energy levels are dipping at 4 p.m. in the evening, that's when I need my second cup. The listeners uh, won't, won't be able to see that I'm actually holding up a cup of uh, black Americano at the moment. That's my certainly my go-to <laughs> coffee of choices as well brilliant stuff summit if i can start asking you what do you do personally on a daily basis that sets you up for a successful day on a daily basis i try to uh, you know keep some time aside uh, anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes of of just free time where i'm just thinking about things trying to prioritize you know top things that i need to carry out during the day and very broadly planning how I would go down executing them. But, but you know, I, I find that very therapeutic for myself uh, where I can get time to think through things, start afresh. And then uh, I also, something that, that, I'm, that I miss a lot in this lockdown is that my routine was when I'm thinking about these things and I've left home and I'm walking towards a tube station, I'm listening to music with an with a office bag in one hand and my magazine, My Economist in the other. And the moment I enter the tube, then the music is off and the book, uh, the magazine is in front of me. So I, I really, really used to enjoy that routine. And I, you may call it very consistent, but very boring. But I followed that for more than 10 years. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm making use of some of that even during the lockdown. But yeah, that, that makes me feel more control. But then there are days when, you know, you wake up and you're firefighting. Yeah. And you are just 
you're taking things head on and you're trying to solve issues and problems, and that's also fine. But my successful day would be when it's more when I'm more in control. Fantastic. I think it's great that you're able to try and set aside that time for actually thinking rather than just reacting or being busy, busy, busy all day long, um, having that time. I'm sure a, list, a lot of our listeners would love to to have that time and that space. Can that be quite a challenge to fit that into your day? It is, It, it, it is, which is why I try to do this. Uh, I'm not always successful. Uh, there are days when, you know, you know that the first thing that when you wake up, you have to address a few uh, issues at work and, you know, you have to give uh, some time to your family when you when you would want to have breakfast with, your, with, your, with the family. So it is, it is, it's a tough one. It's difficult to strike a balance, but I, I tend to strike one. That's great. We understand that in order to be a successful insurance business leader, there's often adversity that comes along the way. So I'd like to ask, as well as your biggest achievement, what's also been the largest setback that you've faced and how did you go about overcoming that? My my largest uh, setback, or I would say reality check for me, was uh, when I had just started uh, working with Willis Stars Watson, Willis at that time. And, you know, straight from um, a very different uh, consulting and supply chain background, venturing into an insurance world was very exciting. I loved the people whom I worked during my three month stint. Um, but my biggest setback was that when, when, I, when I joined full time and the project, the initiative that I joined was, was working brilliantly in due to some uh, changes in strategy, that initiative was decided to be wind down. And that just left me with lots of questions in my mind. You know, have I made the right choice? You know, I've left something which I was uh, very good at, and now I've taken a big risk of moving into an industry which I find very fascinating. But you know, things are not looking um, mm-hmm. same as as I had anticipated them to be. So that was a reality check, particularly when I had the option of doing something else and not you know doing uh, joining insurance industry. But that uh, setback, I would say, was well, thankfully short lived. Because very quickly, I, I, you know, I was able to get advice from my mentors at, at Willis Stars Watson, and uh, I, I could see where, where are areas where I could add true value as well. And I started working on those initiatives and gradually realized that I made the right choice. So <laughs> this is the setback lasted for a few, few weeks, but then, then became, um, uh, you know, the right choice. And then I decided to pursue that. That's great. So you're almost taking a step back to then take a big step forward long term. And actually, often we we have conversations with particularly middle management or, or some of the more junior management positions with some of our candidates and clients that we work with. And it's about realizing what that long term career opportunity, even if it is a bit of a sidestep at the moment or even a step back. But if you know that there's a, a strong career path for you to go forward to, it's it often works out very well. So we know that most insurance professionals fall into the industry and you've already given us a little bit of a background about how you came into the industry. What was your eureka moment or light bulb moment when it all clicked into place and you knew you could be successful? I, I, I'm, I'm going to disappoint you here because my answer is not, not very exciting. <laughs> I, I, I unfortunately didn't have a eureka moment, to be honest. It was, um, it, it, I think it progressed over time. Mm. So I, uh, you know, when I earlier mentioned that I wasn't sure whether I've made the right choice, but the more time I spent, the more I learned about the industry, the more I saw the potential in the industry to to either get disrupted or to transform in various shapes and forms. I realized that, you know, this is the place where 
true value could be added. Mm. And a lot of stuff is already going on, had been going on in the insurance industry, per se, in the in the advisory side, in the risk management side, in the brokerage side. So I, I, I you know, I had lots of those moments of reinforcement yeah. uh, rather than one big one uh, and and that kept convincing me that you know this is the this is this is an industry which will go through mm. tremendous growth but it needs lots of disruption lots yeah. of changes before it reaches that stage similar to how banking industry had fared in the last you know couple of decades mm. I, I see insurance industries going through the same same trajectory yeah and i suppose as the insurance industry it's such a unique industry that it sometimes means that it just takes that while to working in the environment and continually learning to really find out where you can add that value and the opportunities that are there for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I also feel that, you know, if because this industry is going through changes and there, there are a lot more changes that this uh, industry could do with, it's important as an individual, you know, to your point, you know, at a personal level, it's important that, you know, how are you continuously uh, upskilling yourself mm. so uh, how do you keep yourself upskill all the time what are the new initiatives you're doing how are you helping uh, you know make big changes in the operations side how are you creating a more collaborative culture so there, there's so much that can be done uh, and that I, that I find really really exciting about this industry great and have you had a mentor or a leader that you've looked up to during that time a few I was very fortunate to have worked closely with uh, some very influential leaders, uh, thought leaders in their own right. Some of them had been my mentors. A few of them had been from my existing firm and, and a couple of them had been from my previous firms. So I've had, uh, I, I would say I've been lucky. Even my my uh, my line managers had been very supportive all this while. So uh, it, it is, I, I think, which is very, very important for you to have a successful progression. Uh, yeah. to to align with the right people to learn from them and then you know uh, share your not you know your expertise back and and uh, uh, improving yourself so but but what i find is that my common theme uh, across all the mentors or the leaders uh, whom i've worked closely with is that everybody has at least integrity trust at at the forefront yeah. and uh, the the only third thing that that i think is very common is um, how do you keep continuing at continue to add value that's that's something which i've picked up from you know almost all all people whom i look up to uh, as a common thread fantastic i think those qualities are, are actually so vital and they actually represent the industry as a whole as well and particularly the integrity and and, and trust side of things summit we've had a good look back across your career and, and, and the current work that you're doing at Willis Towers Watson. If you could look into your crystal ball over the next three to five years or so, how do you see the insurance market developing, whether that's insurance policies in general or the, or the captive market? And what do you think insurance business leaders should be doing so that they could be successful in these times? Sure, Nick. I, I wish I had the crystal ball, but my, my view is, uh, as I said, you know, it would go through a lot of disruption, whether it's on the insurance um, side, insurance advisory side, reinsurance side, the industry is ripe for disruption. And it, it has gone through a lot of changes in the last few years already. The way I see it is that, you know, primarily because of the, the, the testing times that we are in right now, there'll be a lot more focus on bringing cost efficiencies in place. So, you know, a lot of companies would be looking at improving their operating margins and, and you know, whether the loss ratios, combined ratios are making sense. So that that could be a big focus uh, for, for large players in this industry. Um, I also feel that, you know, because you're constantly thinking about, you know, 
growth, profitability, giving returns to your shareholders whilst taking care and taking care of clients and your employees it will also be important for us to bear in mind how do we continue to be relevant in our space because of the changes that are happening because of uh, more and more insurtech firms coming up with bright ideas uh, and for all the right reasons introducing right products different ways of uh, distributing products we need to we need to ensure how do we continue to remain relevant whether it's digitization whether it's you know different ways of distribution of our, uh, of our services also i feel that there's so much data around us iot rpa machine learning there is so so much data that is spread across people who are able to you know structure the data firstly collect and structure the data and analyze it in a, in a in a much more rigorous way would be the ones who would success who successfully lead in this in this space so that's something which i feel is is quite important and will continue to be the theme and and to my earlier point you know when insure tech firms fintech firms are also in, entering in the space uh, that's amazing uh you know that brings in more innovation but at the same time the insurance industry as a whole has not increased massively if you look at the kegar for last 10 years it's grown only by 1% mm. globally which means that you know the 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 size of the pie has not grown significantly but more and more players disruptors are entering this space so you are you know you have to make sure that your slice of the pie is 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 either intact or is getting bigger because overall it's not increasing in in size yeah. uh, it's been taken by more players it's interesting you talk about the insurtech and the fintech disruptors do you think that they can assist you with the global captive programs that you operate oh absolutely absolutely uh, and and uh, we we've been um, uh, speaking with a few of them already uh to understand where they could complement our services think that you know um, some of the bright ones uh have got such interesting uh, propositions that could add more value yeah. uh you know we provide our expertise in this captive insurance space mm-hmm. uh we know the the market really well uh we also know what our clients want and what we would mm-hmm. want to share with our clients mm-hmm. the insurtech uh, firms could address some pain points whether it's through the right technology to write platforms or to to write templates uh, as simple as that uh, where where we could do with some expertise and and we do we do try to explore that all the time must be really interesting for you very exciting to to be seeing what's out there being at the forefront of that we're now at this stage of the show where we're entering the espresso round as the questions are short sharp and straight to the point so summit can I ask you are you ready for the espresso round i think i am nick i'm sure you are i'm sure you are The espresso round. Summit, if I can start off by asking you what is your favorite success quote? No amount of hard work ever goes waste. It's something that had been prevalent in my family ever since, you know, in my early years. Uh, this is what we have always talked about that no matter what you do, your hard work will never go waste. Uh, you could extend the logic to doing smart work, yeah. building relationship, doing something uh, you know really really um, breakthrough, but the core principle is no amount of hard work ever goes waste and that's something which I remind myself every day. that's the key foundation and that is certainly the the pattern that we see with all of the successful business leaders that we speak to the first and number one thing hard work what is the number one thing you see holding back insurance professionals from being more successful if i were to pinpoint only one thing then it would be you know the appetite to take more risk mm-hmm. and it's 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 ironical you know we are from an industry where we talk about risk and you know we want to mitigate risk for our clients we want them to avoid risk and which is you know in in built in our culture 
so I understand why, you know, sometimes we are not very risk taking when it comes to experimenting new things. Uh, experimenting new things could be, you know, introducing more technologies, testing it at a small scale, and then scaling it up later on. But I, th- I think that's something which is missing. Using more and more analytics, being more experimental with it is something that, that we could do more with. Fantastic. Yeah, I can c- certainly see that. And how do you go about driving forward the standards of the insurance industry? Uh, yes. So from an operations standpoint in our cap- captive uh, business, um, I try to follow the uh, corporate principles, uh, which, which uh, are around having a client focus, always keeping client first ensuring that there's teamwork in place. So build a collaborative culture, uh, which which is something that I spend a lot of time on, ensuring that you know the team is, is very collaborative. Integrity is, is, is also one of our core values at Willis Stars Watson. So that, that's something which almost is a non-negotiable for me. And then respect. There's a lot of uh, focus uh, on um, IND at Willis Stars Watson, along with uh, um, you know almost all good corporates um, across the world. Uh, and we sp- spend a lot of time in ensuring that there's respect throughout, uh, whether it's it's our peers, our stakeholders internally, externally. And the third is strive for excellence. Challenge the status quo. Look at what we can do better, uh, not, not become complacent with what we've been doing successfully, but trying to improve things on a regular basis. Summit, thank, thank you for that. And from, from an operational perspective, you've clearly got a lot of team members, different parts of the world, obviously a captive market based in places like Cayman Islands, Bermuda, Channel Islands. From an operations point of view, how do you go about implementing those standards? To, to talk about them regularly with the team. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite lucky that you know, the team, team you know, is, 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 is very much aligned to these values. We also, you know, as part of our not only daily discussion or regular discussion, it's also built in our scorecards. Yeah. So we, we measure it. We not only just talk about it, we measure it, try and demonstrate how we are living by these values regularly. And also, I think it's also have to be set by example. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I align myself with my land manager on the, on the same values as well. So, so that helps. I think it's, it's uh, talking about it a lot more, putting into the balance scorecard, measuring it is, is how we can make it sustainable. And how do you go about developing the talent and maximizing your team's chances of producing successful insurance business leaders of the future? What, what I try and do, Nick, is uh, help my, you know, my colleagues, my team uh, get the right exposure. So whether it's through, uh, you know, a training program, whether it's identifying them as, you know, high potential, which, which would bracket them in, in further growth or, you know, opening more avenues within the work that they do to help them get better experience, whether it's at a, somebody getting experience in a different geography, uh, somebody trying to hone their skills in project management, or you know, if somebody wants to hone their skills in stakeholder management. So uh, it's, it's, it's something which I, I find very important. It's very close to my heart that it's not just the, the technical skills, yeah. it's the softer skills that matter a lot. And uh, I, I spend a lot of time in ensuring that, you know, whatever little I can do for my team, I ensure I do. Fantastic. It sounds like a great team to be part of. A final question of the espresso round. If you woke up tomorrow morning with all of that knowledge and experience that you've developed over those years at Willis Towers <laughs> Watson, but for one reason or another, the company wasn't there. 
Aside from making up the phone and giving me a call, how would you go about starting your career again and what steps would you take to build a new insurance career? So my, my focus would be to, to look at programs which are strategically innovative, which are analytically led, and which are also introducing and looking at new technology initiatives. So that is, that is where my, you know, my, my immediate attention would go to, things which are strategic, which are innovative, which are analytics-led, and are uh, supported with interesting technology platforms. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today, Samit. We really appreciate it. Before we finish, do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners and how do they go about contacting you after the show? Sure, sure. Thanks, Nick. My only piece of advice uh, would be to focus on data analytics. You know, there's lots of data in the value chain from the launch of a product service to its distribution, to its um, uptake, sales, buying patterns, trends, client feedback, all, 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 all of that. And also the processes uh, that underpin the operations. So how would you capture the data, structure it in a way that it's easy to understand and easy to use, whether it's to improvise on your existing operations or providing more effective, efficient services to your clients. That would be my focus uh, um, and then my advice. And uh, I, I, would, I would be really, really uh, interested in, uh, in keeping in touch. Uh, uh, I could be contacted at uh, my email address, which is sumit.mehra at willistowerswatson.com and would be happy to be connected over LinkedIn as well. Thank you, Summit. And we will we will make sure that we put those details in the show notes so any of our listeners can can reach out to you after the show. Summit, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you joining us in the Insurance Coffee House. Thank you very much, Nick. Thank you for having me. And it was lovely talking to you. It's been a real pleasure, real pleasure. And um, to all of our insurance business leaders out there, whether you're based in the UK, the United States or across the world, we thank you for listening. And I'm sure you've gained some valuable learning and insights from Summit today. If you enjoyed the show, please do leave us a review on your podcast app and make sure that you download and subscribe to the show to make sure that each of our episodes are downloaded into your inbox each week. Till next time, I've been Nick Hoadley and this has been the Insurance Coffee House. Take care. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.